Turn in your Bibles this morning to Hebrews chapter 11. The seventh installment on our series, By Faith, Facts, Myths, and Miracles. Hebrews eleven seven. Would you stand with me just one more time for this one verse? I'll be reading out of the King James Bible. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of the things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. One more time. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of the things not seen as yet, moved with fear, he prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. You may be seated this morning. In that day, whether an audible voice, a theophany where God appeared in the form of a man and spoke to Noah uh, by dream, word, or vision, God told Noah that he was going to destroy the world. He was going to judge the world. Everything that happened before time in the Old Testament was written for an example unto us. For us to have knowledge not only of who God is and how God reacts, but the, but the things that he does. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God told him that he was going to destroy the world by water. Many commentators, most believe that uh, it did not rain up to that time. So whether it had not rained at all or rained a little, um, the idea of a flood encompassing the globe was just very far-fetched, very hard to believe. But it happened nonetheless. And God drowned the world. You don't hear a lot talked about about that because we live in a day and age where we're trying to package God in such a way that those that don't know him will think good of him and of us. The question is not why would God judge the world. The question is, why would he ever give us mercy? Why would he ever even offer this? In our series on by faith, we're, we're looking at it from the subject of, of faith is not in the Bible something we use to get something out of God. Faith is the means that God uses to get something out of us. By faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. And by faith, Noah moved with fear. Fear is not the, I'm sorry, y'all, this thing broke on me this morning. Fear is not the child in the corner. Uh, this kind of fear is not the child in the corner fearful that daddy's going to walk in the room. It's the beginning of wisdom, the Bible says. It's understanding that God is not just creator, and God is not just Lord, and God is not just provider, and God is just not the Father, but he's the judge. We are not to fear men at any capacity, but fear him who hath the power to cast both body and soul into hell. Behold, therefore, the goodness and the severity of God. The goodness and the severity of God, that God judges. 
the encouraging thing about when you see something as horrific as this global event, it's that when God tells us he's going to do something, he does it. And so for the believer, there are no surprises. And the Bible tells us in the Gospels that as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days before the coming of the Son of Man, that people were marrying and giving in marriage and just carefree and no matter what Noah said or anyone else said, judgment was the last thing on their mind. You know, our political candidates are telling us how we're going to continue our utopia that we currently have or we're going to create a utopia taking us back to the other. And I just want to tell you, there's not going to be any peace till the Prince of Peace comes. There's, there's not going to be a king that, that's going to help us. The issue is for us is with all of this going on around us, what is your plan of preservation? What is your plan of salvation? And I want to speak to the believer so you leave with absolute confidence today in God, regardless of the things going on around you, and to the unbeliever that you might move past just sincerity. Sincerity based on incorrect knowledge is error. It's not just important that we're sincere, it's that we have our sincerity based in truth. Okay, if you're taking notes this morning, number one, by faith, Noah believed. Noah believed. When God told him something, he took it, face value, he received it, he made application and worked out that obedience. The danger that's before us is over the last 10 or 20 years, relativism has not just crept into the church. It has a stranglehold in the West. And relativism is the idea that there are no absolutes. The devil started with this in the garden. He told Eve, he said, if God really said that you can't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, oh no, you know, that's not it. If you eat it, you'll be wise. Isn't it good to look upon? Don't you think it'll satisfy you? Hath God said, because if we can remove God's authority, his word, then relativism says, says no absolutes, so you create your own reality. If there are no absolutes, I can take a little bit of what you believe, a little bit of what you believe, and I'll make my own reality. That's the one world religion. They're not going to sweep the globe and say you have to worship. It's this name of the religion. The one world religion is all religions are the same. Or They're part of the same puzzle. It all leads to the same place. But the idea of relativism, I've told you this before, but common sense is no longer common. Are you aware of this? It's just not common, okay? Relativism says there are no absolutes. Well, that's an absolute statement. So relativism can't be true, so you're saying there's no absolutes except the statement you just made, which is an absolute statement. For us as a believer, we have to believe God. We have to base that faith. There is no other faith except on God's word. And when God tells us he saves absolutely, he saves absolutely. When he tells us he heals, he heals absolutely. When he tells us he judges, he judges absolutely. And Noah believed God. If you were to say that today, God's going to destroy the world by water. Your God sounds like my devil. That's what they say. Your God sounds like my devil. Well, no, he's not going to destroy it by water. In the end, he's going to destroy it by fire. And God is going to judge every man. It'll be one of two thrones. 
The Bema Seat of Christ for the believers. Well, we'll give an account for the deeds done in our body. We'll be rewarded according to works. And we'll either have a great reward, little reward, or no reward. But everyone else will stand before the white throne judgment. And if their names were not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, they will be cast alive into a burning lake of fire that burneth forever. When you tell that today, the world blasphemes God. Well, what, a, what a demonic thing to say. No, it's the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ our Lord. For us as believers, we have to understand that by faith, we fear the Lord. It's not a cowering fear where I'm scared to talk to him. It's I understand that you're the Lord, I'm not. You're the potter, I'm just the pot that rhymed. I didn't mean for it to rhyme, it just did. You're the shepherd, I'm just a sheep. You're the Lord, I'm not. You're, you're the guide, I'm the follower. Noah believed God. His faith gave him the capacity to hear the voice of the Lord. His faith gave him the clarity to discern what was of God and what's not. Now we've got books going out, you know, that there's no hell. There's, everybody's going to be saved. The gospel of inclusion, that Christ reconciled the world unto himself, so everyone's going to be saved. And just like in Noah's day, no one is planning. Very few people are planning on judgment. They're planning on uh, the battle of Armageddon. They're planning on, no, there are very few people planning on the one world government, the one world currency, the one world religion, the revelation of Antichrist. They're not planning on Christ coming for his church. They say he's not coming back for us anymore. And we who are in the faith understand and believe that he said, if I go, I'm coming again to receive you unto myself that where I am, you may be also. And so we know the difference between the rapture and the revelation. The day of the Lord is the rapture and the revelation. Two parts to the day of the Lord. The rapture is Jesus coming for his church. The revelation where every eye sees him is Jesus coming with his church. And he's coming with his church to tread the winepress of his wrath. Blood will run bridle high to a horse in the valley of Megiddo. 200 million people will be slaughtered in that battle. 200 million people. That's the beginning. The, 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 uh, the tribulation is the beginning of judgment. And so there is a part of us, you know, someone would say, well, preacher, you're just trying to scare me. Yes. Not with man's wisdom, but you are going to answer before God Almighty. You're going to stand before him either pleading, uh, making a plea that will reach his heart or not. So all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everyone's a sinner. And the wages of sin is death. The wa- death, you're condemned. So the verdict has already been cast. The mallet's hit. You're damned. You're judged. How can you say that? Because Christ received the judgment. You could see the judgment for our sins. So imagine us in a courtroom, and you're not going to agree with the judge's verdict. Well, you're in contempt. John Wood, how do you plead? Guilty as charged. I'm not guilty because I sinned. I sinned because I was guilty. Sin passed on from Adam all the way down, and I'm a sinner. So you're guilty. Do you understand that that means death, both physical and spiritual. The proof that you're being judged, look at a picture of you today, look in the mirror today and look at a picture of you 10 years ago. You're dying. The sin is deteriorating. And when God allows you to grow old, that's his grace to let you know that time is coming for you to stand before him. So John, how do you plead? Guilty. May I ask for mercy from you? 
For what? Christ died in my place. Could you make an ark of safety for me so that I can escape the terrible judgments that are coming upon the world? Now, if I don't align myself with that and believe that and ask for that, then I couldn't be a recipient of that grace. His faith gave him the courage to believe. Even though what God said was strong, even though what God said was hard to believe, even though it had never happened before, even though it defied natural logic and understanding, how could it rain so much and the fountains of the deep be broken up? Many scholars believe that there, and by the way, that beeping that's going off, we got our alarm fixed. I don't know who I got to shoot for it, but it's, we're gonna, it won't be here next Sunday. I'll unplug everything. We had to replace our arm system out there. So let me get back my notes. Where was it? It distracted me so bad. It, rain just wouldn't have covered the earth. There was some cataclysmic event, whether it was multiple large volcanic eruptions, but the fountains of the deep opened up and covered the earth. God's judgment came as planned. And Noah's belief filled him with courage because he had, to, he had to travel a very lonely path. We are looking for two things. We are not appointed unto wrath. We who are children of God, we're not appointed of wrath. We're not Israelites. We're not part of Jacob's trouble. But tribulation is coming to the earth. And it's beginning now. The, the tribulation pains are starting. But the great tribulation hasn't started yet. And I believe. I believe that judgment's coming. I believe that an ark has been provided and Christ is the ark. There, there's, it's that simple. Every other plan, every other scheme, going to the highest hill, climbing the highest tree, anything that man did to try to avert, avert judgment failed. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Number two. By faith, Noah feared the Lord. And I talked about some of this a moment ago. No part of the faith journey was separate from his fear of the Lord. This fear kept him upright. This fear kept him diligent. This fear kept him strong. This fear kept him sanctified, set apart from the world, and consecrated unto God. And this faith kept him, his faith, his fear kept him faithful and watchful. So look at the type the shadow of the thing to come. We spend our life, we spend our life in preparation, in preparation for the ark. We spend our life in Christ, making sure that we're in Christ, re-examining ourselves, our resources, our time, praying always that we would be counted worthy to escape the great and terrible day of the Lord. So there should be a healthy fear of ours, not a carnal fear, but a healthy fear, which keeps us diligent. Number three, Noah followed God's plan of salvation. When he told him that he was going to destroy the world, he gave a very intentional plan on how to save Noah and himself. He told him what wood together, how to make it, the length, the breadth, the depth, the levels, how he was going to preserve the animals and the species to 
repopulate the earth. And this plan was very intentional and specific. Now listen, listen to this. It did not include Noah's ideas, Noah's opinions, Noah's feelings, his questions, philosophies, or the consensus of the masses. The wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. Not only do they not believe, they surely don't make God sovereign in their eyes, and he's surely not the judge. So we as believers are to judge ourselves so that we might not be judged by God. We are to follow God's plan of salvation. We don't add anything to it. Noah didn't get the blueprints and say, you know what, I think I'll add one more extra window. Uh, I'll take away this little level. I'm going to put a little skid astroturf stuff on it. You don't touch it. Now, how does that play out for the believer? Christ died for our sins, for the sin of the world. He was raised for our, our justification. He, was, he was, gives us life through that. We don't add any works to it. No priest, no lighting of a candle, no penance, no purgatory, no riding a 10-speed and witnessing. We add nothing to the ark. The moment you add anything to the ark, it takes on water. Christ alone. Well, Pastor John, uh, uh, show me your faith and I'll show you my works. Oh, works flow from faith. They never flow to faith. We are saved by, in humility, accepting God's plan for salvation. I'm amazed at the pastors that say you have to do this to be saved. You have to do this. You have to join our church. Uh, You have to be part of the holy church, uh, which means theirs to be saved. Uh, You have to attend these classes and you have to be baptized and say just Jesus' name and all these things added. How could Jesus stand on the cross and speak to a thief and said, today you'll be with me in paradise? Because he knew when the deal was done and the blood reached the mercy seat that it was going to be finished. What are you saved by? Is it faith plus anything? If it's faith plus anything, you will die. One spotless lamb. Bring your family into the house. Take its blood and put it on the doorpost. And God said, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Didn't mean you were flawless. It didn't mean you were perfect. But in Egypt, he said, I will protect you from the judgment. There's these types all through the Bible. And when he was going to, that was just destroying the Egyptians firstborn. This is the world. And God's plan for survival for the believer is Jesus Christ. This plan was designed by God for the purpose of preserving Noah. God told Noah something very strange or particular. First of all, this man never built a boat before. How he could write out the measurements and build it. Of course, God anointed him and gave him supernatural ability to do it. But as he laid the boards... And many people think it has the shape like on the sides. It said, and pitch it within and without with pitch. I want you to look that up when you get home. Pitch it within and without with pitch. So it's a a tar-like thick flex seal. Y'all seen that? If you call right now, I'll give you a bonus window seal. Said he made a fishing boat out of screen door and went fishing. I don't believe that. A screen door is the bottom of the boat. Anyway. He said, 
pitch it, dip the brush in, and pitch it within and without with pitch. Why would he include that? First of all, so gum, tar-like gum is going to keep a flood out that's going to destroy the world? What was it? These things were written aforetime for your learning. The Hebrew word translated pitch, do you know what it's translated all throughout the Old Testament as? Atonement. And Christ is our atonement for our sins. And he said, if the inside of your boat and the outside of your boat is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, no judgment will come inside you. No judgment will come over you. God's plan for salvation, Noah believed. It says that God shut him in. So before the the floods came, Noah finished the ark, and God told him in seven days it's going to rain, and in seven days it did, and God shut him in. There's so many little things in here. I know this is not a jump up and down shout sermon, but it's so rich and fills me with such confidence I am saved not because I know how to build a boat. I am saved because I participated in what God told me would preserve me. And the, 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 the sweetest sound in the life of the believer is when God shuts the door of, of, of your life and you know that that which is within the boat is secure. He shut me in. I am sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise and Christ is in me the hope of glory. God shut them in. It rained just like God promised. People were judged just like God promised. And Noah was saved just like God promised. We look at this world and it's already started raining. The flood waters are coming up. And we're talking about how we're going to redo certain things and institute new policies and procedures. And we're going to increase our government. We're going to shrink our government. We're going to get rid of all these congressmen and put other congressmen in. You want to just go, excuse me, the water's rising over here while we're talking. The water is coming up. We're like the people rearranging furniture on the Titanic. What is your plan? What's your plan for surviving? The issue is not how much judgment is on the outside of the ark. It's how safe you are in Christ on the inside of the ark. If if it gets so bad that the whole world is destroyed, we are still going to be kept by faith. By faith, by the power of God through faith, we are kept our salvation is secure. Number four, Noah took responsibility for his family. I want to speak to our men just a moment. There's nothing greater in your life than to have a godly woman as the wife and mother of your children. It's your family. It's your responsibility, sir. You're to be the spiritual head. That does not mean boss. Christ is the head of the church. That means he went first. He suffered first. He protected. He provided. When they came to the garden to get him, he said, I am he. Let them go. He was the one. So I'm just asking you. Don't don't be angry with me. I'm asking you. Does your wife get everybody to go to church? 
and you tag along, or you the one that says, as for us in our house, we're going to worship. The night before, we always pray with our babies, tomorrow, Lord, when we go to worship you. But I want to be the one to do that. Now, if you're in a home without a husband or father, then the woman is, that's her role. But by faith, men are to make sure that their family understands what an ark is, what an ark looks like, and they see you hands-on preparing the salvation of your home. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Noah made it his primary mission. And I'm asking you, don't answer. Is your primary mission as a man to influence your family for Jesus Christ? Everything else is secondary. I think it's wonderful that you have a hard work ethic and you're providing for your family but that's insignificant compared to instilling them with a God awareness, a God desire, a God love, and a God following. Every day they saw Daddy working on the ark. Do they, does your family see you participating? Family altar, Bible study, uh, applying God's scripture through the working on the ark, not just for you, sir, for them. He took it as his primary joy, his primary responsibility. He gave it his primary strength. It was the primary recipient of his resources. It had to be. I don't care how wealthy you are. If you build a wooden ocean liner, you know, I'm, we're about to build a little wooden fence, and it's a great day. Each, stick, each board is like 10 bucks or something, and we got, I'm like, do y'all take payment plan on this thing? There's he put all his resources in. And what I'm trying to tell you is this. It's going to take your life to prepare an ark for your babies. What a, what a tragedy. If when God's judgment falls, you had spent your life worrying about houses and lands and cars and boats, and all of that is just swept away. It is going to be swept away. Did you know the Bible says that after the judgment, after the millennium, that he's going to burn the entire world. It'll be, it'll be burnt by fire. And the heavens will be folded up like a tablecloth over God's arm, and he's going to start over. So imagine everything we're working for. I like having a nice home. I like having nice cars. Imagine a conveyor belt heading to fire. And we're spending all our effort buying these things, and it's on its way to the conveyor belt. That's why Christ tells you don't spend your energy possessing things on this earth, but set your affections on things above. Send your reward ahead where thieves nor rust nor moths can come in and destroy. Noah left this responsibility to no one else. One more time, men. Don't give this responsibility to your wife. Don't give it to a Sunday school teacher. Don't give it to your pastor. And don't give it to some guy on the television. You be the priest of your home. You be the one that says, follow me as I follow Jesus. Well, I'm not, I'm not quite there yet. Then, then lead in transparency and humility. And every time you stumble, repent to God and in front of your family and continue to lead on. I don't like riding in the car with y'all. I don't like riding in the car with people. By that, I mean not that there's four or five. I'm driving. That's what I'm saying. Oh, it's a control issue. No, it isn't. It's a trust issue. I don't trust you. 
I'm being honest. I don't, I don't trust, I, I trust me. If I'm, if I'm going, I like to make my own mess. If I'm going to hit something and you playing on the phone and scratching and feeding babies and putting on eye makeup, no, no. I'm driving. And as a man, don't let anybody drive your family but you. Thank the Lord for a father that dug out a, a, a groove so deep that even though he died when I was 11, I walk in that familiar path that goes up to my arms and I can't go left or right because I know the way. I know the one. And I'm glad that he took responsibility. And finally, Ben, if you'd come this morning, no escape judgment while the world perished. Second Peter, turn in your Bible, Second Peter chapter 2. Second Peter chapter 2, 1 through 9. But there were false prophets among the people, even as there are going to be false teachers among you who privily bring in damnable hearsays, heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves, what? Swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And here, does this not describe the modern day televangelist, preacher, any notable celebrity? Listen to this. And through covetousness, they will make merchandise of you. Send me, if the next 70 people will send me $7 for seven months, God's going to bless you. It says, these covetous men are going to come in and make merchandise of you. You will be substance for them. They're not going to bring substance to you. Whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not and their damnation slumbereth not. And here it is. It's what I want you to see. For if God spared not the angels which sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them unto chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. And God spared not the world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood of the, upon the world of the ungodly. And if God turned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, consumed them, making them an example unto the, those afterward who would live ungodly. But he delivered Lot, even though Lot was vexed with filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them and seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and reserve the unjust to the day of judgment to be punished. If you are born again, recreated in your heart by faith and God has given you of, your, of his spirit, and your ark is Christ alone, you will be preserved. And if he is not your ark, you'll perish. It doesn't matter if you're a good daddy, a good mama. Goodness doesn't keep us from judgment. The ark that God provides does. It's not an issue of work. It's an issue of humility. I will get on what you've provided. Those who were not on the ark 
perished without mercy. Most of the world did not take serious or heed the warnings that God had given them. All who did not enter the ark died outside of it. This is why Christianity is despised and hated in the world, because we are an exclusive religion. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. One way to God. He's not a way, he's the way. He's not a sacrifice, he's the sacrifice. Everyone that was in the ark lived, and everyone outside of it died. Every other effort at saving yourself was futile, and God's judgment was as faithful as his mercy. With our election coming up soon, our nation, and I don't mean this being funny, so don't, don't turn it into a political laugh thing. We're in trouble either way. We're in trouble. One of our candidates uh, is going to lead us into a, a, a deeper liberal, Christless abyss. The other, at best, will lead us into a, a civil war, if you will, a division of the United States. Um, don't, don't fall into the trap of thinking primary. Not that you don't think about it, but primary, who we get into office. No, judgment's coming upon the world. It's not who we elect, it's who elected you and making sure that you're secure in Christ and you know that judgment's going to pass by over you. It's hard to believe that everyone whose name was not written in the Lamb's Book of Life perished, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen again. And this is one of those messages that's just sobering. So give me just two minutes, three minutes, I'll let you go. So who are you telling about the ark? I despise this lukewarm, tepid approach to evangelism. The bumper sticker reads, share the gospel. And if you have to, use words. What? Oh, just be kind at work. They're going to die. Kindness doesn't save someone. We ought to be kind, but there, there needs to be someone standing in the road saying, the bridge is out. Christ is the only way. We need to be able to share our faith. That's what wonderful timing for this class today. In humility, saying that God, the one that judges, says there's one way to escape. We need to tell them what God says, not be their buddy. If your friend's dying, you want to be part of the cure. Well, what will they think? Well, in the end, they'll think that you loved them enough to tell them. Get in the ark. If Jesus tarries, you're not going to recognize our nation in the next 18 months. You're just not going to recognize it. Something has to happen for us to be willing to be part of a one-world currency and a one-world government, according to Scripture. And why would we ever be part of a one-world currency when the world is on the dollar standard? Because the moment we come off the dollar standard, 40 to 65% of the value of everything in the U.S. is gone. 
why would we ever want to do that? Well, we wouldn't. But something like that will have to happen for us to want to be part of a one-world currency. For it to be better, there has to be something happens here. Don't try to preserve what's outside of the ark. Let your focus be on you and your babies and those that you know being in the ark. Because darkness is going to come. Gross darkness is going to cover the, the land and the faces of the people. But God's children will rise and shine and the glory of God will be seen on them. And I know this was very heavy today. But it's not supposed to be heavy for the believer. You do understand that me and my wife and my babies have a reserved seat on the ark. And no matter what happens, when he looks at our family, he sees the pitch. And he said, I will not judge you because Christ has paid for your sins. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? If you're here today, and you'd say, Pastor John, I don't know that I'm a Christian. And as a pastor, I want you to know, I'm not asking you to join our church. I don't want anything from you. And you'd say, if this is true, then I've been trying to create my own lifeboat, and I'm going to perish. I'm going to ask God to forgive me of my sins and preserve me through the ark, which is Jesus Christ. I accept his verdict. And I believe that his judgment is coming, but I'm asking for mercy. If that's you today, just put your hand up and hold it up. God bless you. God bless you. Are there any others? God bless you. God bless you. rest of you look this way final words no fear but brother John brother John no fear because what we've been spending our life on is seaworthy I am secure I am kept ain't worried about it well then you're you're sticking your head in the sand nope I'm trusting in the one who told me how to be preserved. Father, we thank you this morning. We love you. We thank you for your word and your promises and your spirit, God. I pray for those people that raised their hand that they would be in a full surrender to you as Lord of their life. I pray, God, that you would give us eyes to see and to discern what other people don't see, to hear what other people aren't hearing so that we can do what others aren't doing, that we would look at these day and times not with a trepidation alone, but with, a, with a, 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 an excitement in our heart knowing that the Lord always keeps his promises. And if judgment is brewing on the, horizon, on the horizon, then salvation is present in the now as well. Blessed be your great name. You're the author and the finisher of our faith. And we give you thanks and, and glory today, Lord, for your mercy for our lives. So undeserved, so undeserved. How beautiful, Lord. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. God bless you today.